Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, I'm going to be going through your mailbag questions. So it's going to be a little bit all over the place. Got a bunch of questions on Twitter from you guys. So I'm going to be answering all those, talking about potential trade targets, who might make the opening night roster for the St. Louis Blues, all that good stuff and more fun episode. Make sure you stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. As always, I'm your host, Josh Hyman. Got a Busy episode for you today. Got a couple mailbag questions to sort through. Not sure if I'll get to all of them. Just depends on how long the, you know, some of the ones I got uh, take. So if you don't hear a question on today's episode, I'll probably get to it either tomorrow or Monday, depending on, you know, whatever news breaks, all that fun stuff. Before I get into the questions, I wanted to thank anyone and everyone out there who makes Locked On Blues your first listen, makes us part of your daily routine. I appreciate it. The numbers have been doing really well lately. There's been a lot of support, which is great. You know, with the off season, it's it's a little bit harder to to put these episodes out and stuff. You know, harder to find content. So the feedback and the support is is very greatly appreciated. It makes me want to sit down here and you know record for you guys every single day. It means a lot. Anyways, without further ado, let's get into the first question. The first question is what is your ideal trade before the season starts? Um, I think that depends on how realistic we're looking. Uh, obviously, my ideal trade is prospects and picks for a number one defenseman. I think that that's the biggest thing for the St. Louis Blues. If they wanted to really take themselves over the top and you know become a really super competitive team next year, they would need someone on that left side uh, alongside Colton Pareko to really shore up that pairing because Colton Pareko with a solid defender, as we've seen with Jay Bomeister, um, as we've seen when Scandella was playing well, can be a really, really good defender. So if the Blues were to, you know, have some magical ability to go out and acquire a number one left-handed defenseman, which very hard to come by, don't grow on trees. There's not a lot of them in the league, much less available for trade. So again, realistic, not at all. Would that be a trade that would, you know, send me jumping and celebrating? Absolutely. If you're talking about a realistic trade, I'm not too sure. I mean, I feel like the roster is pretty set as of right now. I think that, you know, not to say that there's no holes on the roster, but in terms of NHL caliber players, I don't think that there's you know, a spot to fill. The only trade that I could really see making sense would be a hockey trade, you know, a roster player for a roster player. And if that were the case, um, I think if they have a bit of a logjam with their undersized defensemen, you know, with Tori Krug and Scott Perunovic. Uh, so realistically, if I were to see anything, it would be one of those two shipped out for a, you know, more defensive minded defenseman. Uh, but that is assuming that Scott Perunovic gets consistent minutes. Uh, which he may not. He may sort of just continue to be a, a power play guy and then play very limited minutes at 5v5, which is still fine, but again, is kind of redundant with Tory Krug. Um, other I- ideas, you know, people talk about Tarasenko being traded. I don't think he's going to get traded. I think, you know, especially with the loss of Perron, you can't really justify trading Tarasenko now. So yeah, I mean, in terms of ideal trade, there really isn't one. I think the Blues are kind of locked in with the roster that they have now. Whether or not that's a good thing, we will see. Anyways, moving on 
to question two, how comfortable are you trusting Jordan Bennington given his shaky reliability, high highs and low lows? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a perfect way to describe it. When Jordan Bennington is at his best, he is one of the best goalies in the league. He led the Blues to a Stanley Cup championship in his first ever season. I mean, that is incredibly impressive. He played lights out in that playoff run, especially in game seven, but also the lows, you know, make him unplayable as a starter. Um, How much do I trust him? I think that this this is this season is the final straw. I think if we get another full season of Jordan Bennington playing inconsistent and losing the starting job, which to be fair, I don't even know if he can lose the starting job because Thomas Grice is not someone I would trust handing, handling starter minutes. And I think that's sort of the same sentiment that the front office shares, that they're sort of saying to Jordan Bennington, hey, you know what? You don't have a Billy Huso to rely on. You don't have a you know a Jake Allen to rely on. Uh, you know any of the solid backup goalies the Blues have had in the past. This is the first time in a while that I think the Blues have had a really just backup goaltender uh, as their number two. Uh, you could argue maybe last year with Huso before he really put it all together, but I think this is the first season where they're really going to go for a one and two goaltender in a while. Um, and I think this is the end of the road for Jordan Benson in that sense, where you know if he is able to turn it around and put a solid full season together, then boom, he's the guy. But you know I wouldn't be surprised if. Uh, he struggles again and, you know, can't put it together either at the trade deadline or the um, or the offseason, more likely the offseason, Jordan Bennington gets traded um, and the Blues try to figure something else at, at the goaltender position. You know, goaltending is such an inconsistent position that I would not be surprised to see Bennington come in and light it up this season and, you know, carry the Blues to a, a high seat in the Central Division. But at the same time, I also wouldn't be surprised to see him sort of struggle again um, and not be able to handle the full starters load of a full season. And then the Blues are going to have a, a big question mark at the goaltending position. So it's definitely something that I think I'm going to be monitoring, you know, month by month of the regular season. If Jordan Bennington, you know, comes out on fire and, and plays that way throughout the whole season, then we have a totally different conversation on our hands. So my confidence with Jordan Bennington, I think it's high based on the way that he played in the playoffs before he was injured. I think it's the best he's looked since that Stanley Cup run. Um, and that is very uh, encouraging. You know, it, it shows that he still has that capability in him, especially on a big stage like the playoffs where he struggled so, 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 so much after that cup run. He was like 0-9 in nine straight games, and he really put it together and was playing great hockey. So my confidence in him is pretty high. Anyways, before we get into the second segment where I'm going to be answering more of your questions, I want to tell you guys about today's sponsor, and that is BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every single league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device. You'll learn more about the action happening today. That's BetOnline.net, where the game starts. I'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. All right, so it's definitely looking like I might not get through every single question today. I'm going to try my best, um, but you know, if not, hey, more material for another episode. Next question comes about a prospect, uh, and that is, will we see Bullduck this upcoming season in St. Louis? Um, probably not, and that's not to say that Zach Bullduck isn't a great player. Uh, unless Bullduck comes in and really impresses in camp and earns a top six spot, um, 
the only role that he would likely have on the team is in the bottom six. And the bottom six already has a lot of depth and a lot of competitiveness. And with the way that that bottom six is structured, I don't see a guy like Zach Bolduck fitting in. I think he is more of a second line player or a third line player on a scoring line. And the third line isn't looking like it's going to be much of a scoring line. Uh, this upcoming season, it's going to be, you know, the third and fourth lines that I think are going to be more defensive oriented and Bolduck's a fine defensive player, but I think he would be better served, um, getting top line minutes, um, you know, in the minors and, you know, continuing to produce and get to a point where he can come in and just play on your second line right away or, you know, play on your power play right away. That's not to say that he couldn't come into camp and impress and, and earn that spot and earn a spot in the middle six and on the power play. Um, but if it comes down to, you know, oh yeah, maybe maybe he's more skilled than some of the guys are going to have on that fourth line or that third line, but I don't think he would be utilized properly uh, just because of the way that the team is structured. I think it would make more sense to give him more time to grow in a role that's suited for him. You know, the number one scoring option on a line and I don't think he would necessarily be that um on the the St. Louis Blues right now uh similar to Jake Neighbors honestly I think Neighbors has a better shot than Bulldog just based off of how much this organization likes him and his leadership capabilities but with both of those two I think the forward lines are pretty set in stone that they would have to come in and really really impress in camp in order to earn a spot which could happen you know I could be completely wrong I would love to be completely wrong this team could use an injection of youth absolutely they're I think the fourth oldest team in the NHL right now based on average age so I would love to see them get a spot but in terms of their development it might make more sense to keep the young guys and the minors until they're ready to step into a higher role just because there isn't going to be a whole lot of focus on offense in the role that they would be put in. Um, you know, Craig Bruby likes to make you earn your stripes defensively before he lets the reins off and lets you produce offensively. So we saw that with Jordan Cairo. Uh, we saw that with Robert Thomas, even that he kind of had to excel on the defensive end first. And Jordan Cairo doesn't really excel, but, you know, he didn't, he still doesn't get a ton of minutes, but he wasn't getting a lot of minutes, even when he was putting up huge numbers just because the defensive end he was lacking. So I don't know if the Blues would want to do the same thing with Bulldog and Neighbors just yet, but hey, Maybe I'll be wrong. I would love to see one or both of those guys um, with the team this year. Next question. How confident are you in the Blues with this roster versus last year's roster? I'm personally pretty pessimistic. That's not me saying that. That's the question saying that. Um, I'm Compared to last year's roster, I think I'm both pessimistic and optimistic, as silly as that sounds. Uh, because with last year's roster, you know, I don't think anyone was expecting... Um, Billy Huso to really be the starter that led you to the playoffs. And I also don't think anyone was expecting nine 20 goal scorers to be on the roster, including guys like Ivan Barbashev, who I'm not sure will reach that plateau again. Um, so I was optimistic for last season, but it didn't manifest in, in the ways that I thought it would. You know, they, they still had a pretty solid season, but just not in the ways that I was expecting. They got a ton of depth scoring, um, which I guess, you know, looking at the roster, they had a lot of depth, but there were certain guys that definitely stepped up that excelled that I wasn't expecting. Jordan Binnington didn't have the season that I was expecting him to have. The defense was pretty poor um, throughout the whole season. Uh, and for now, I, I honestly kind of have the opposite expectations. I think the defense is going to be better than it was last season because, you know, as soon as Nick, Nick Letty came in, as much as we can complain and gripe about the fact that they brought him back, and I don't love that, that contract, and I don't love that that's the only thing they did to their defense— the defense did improve once Letty arrived, um, and you can't really deny that. He definitely struggled in the playoffs, but the defense as a whole looked better. And if they can have that league average quality throughout the whole season, I think it'll benefit the team a lot and will benefit Jordan Binnington a lot. That's one of the reasons why he struggled so much is because they just didn't have a consistent defense in front of him. 
We saw that in the playoffs when the defense was playing better hockey, that Binnington looked great. So for that reason, I'm optimistic. And the Blues are a team that really relies on their defense and, you know, sort of works from the back out. If the defense plays well, if the goaltending plays well, they will win games. You know, and you can talk about Perron leaving and the offense losing a step. Yeah, that's that's huge. That is a huge bummer, and that is definitely a reason to be pessimistic. However, there's still eight other 20-goal scorers on that roster that are still, you know, sticking around. Are all eight of those guys going to reach the 20-goal mark again? Probably not. But... Are guys like Robert Thomas and Jordan Kyra going to improve? Yes. Are they going to improve enough to fill in the gaps that David Perron left? Maybe not. But you can also look at that bottom six and say, okay, maybe the top six is a little bit worse than it was last year with Perron leaving, but I think the bottom six is significantly better with all the depth signings that they made there. So overall, I'm leaning slightly optimistic. However, you know, the first few weeks of the season are going to be very telling, you know, if this team can mesh and gel. Obviously, it looks a little bit different in that bottom six, so the forwards could take a little bit of time to gain chemistry. But what I'm really going to be looking at is the defense. You know, this is a core that has stayed the exact same. You know, it's going to be guys that have all played with each other for almost a full season now, minus Nick Letty and Scott Perunovic. So if the defense is looking flat out of the gate and Jordan Biddington is looking flat out of the gate, then I'm concerned. The offense, I think, will be fine. As much as losing David Perron hurts, they have a lot of talent. They have a lot of scoring power. Um on that team and I think I think they're gonna be okay I don't think it's quite as drastic as people think however I'm definitely cautiously optimistic would be the way that I would describe it all right next question in the same line of the Bennington question how confident are you in Grice as a backup I am neutral on Grice as a backup. I don't think he's going to come in and do what Billy Huso did or what Jake Allen did or what some of these backups in the league can do or they can come over and start games. But I think he's going to be a fine backup. I don't think we're going to be sitting here at the halfway part, the halfway point in the season being like, man, if Thomas Grice was better, we'd be in a playoff spot. If Thomas Grice, there's there's no scenario where Thomas Grice will be the biggest uh, biggest issue with this team. Maybe he'll be a below-average backup, and that would kind of stink, and you'd lose a few more games. But the reason why they brought Thomas Grice in, and I'm very convinced of this, is because they are saying to Jordan Bennington, look, this is your team. You do not have a safety net anymore. Thomas Grice, he played on Detroit, was really bad on Detroit, but in his previous seasons before that, he was fine. He is getting up there in age, so maybe he just doesn't have it anymore. But I think he's going to do he's gonna do just okay, which is really all you need if Jordan Bennington is as good as he can be. Um And I think, you know, if we get to a point where Jordan Bennington can't start consistently, then yes, I'm very concerned about Thomas Grice because at no point in the last five years of his career um, has he been, you know, a starting quality goaltender. And that's, that's okay because that's not what's expected of him. So if Thomas Grice has to become a 1B or God forbid a 1A, then I'm concerned. But if he starts 20, 25 games and Bennington does solid for the rest of them that's fine he's done his job all right before we get into the final group of questions i'm going to head to one more short break but got a couple questions left uh to close out the episode so make sure y'all stay tuned be right back okay two questions remaining so it looks like i will get to them all today unless some more come in after the episode uh first of the last two questions elephant in the room what is the likelihood that Tarasenko walks for free? I wish I knew the answer to that question. I don't. There have been a lot of conflicting reports. Um, if I had to put money on it, if you had, if you said, "Hey, you got a hundred dollars, he stays or he leaves," you know, gun to my head, I would say he leaves. Um, I think 
as much as the reports may have been blown out of proportion of him wanting to be traded, there are still some legitimate uh, reports that, you know, he was unhappy. He was very upset about not being given the captaincy. Um, he is upset about his playing time sometimes. He wants to get more power play time, etc., etc. There have been a lot of reports of Tarasenko being not thrilled about his role with the Blues. However, <clears throat> excuse me, there are also a lot of reports directly from Vladimir Tarasenko about how much he loves the city of St. Louis, how much he loves to raise his family here, um, how much he loves the fans and appreciates the fans and everything that the team has done for him. So it's not all bad with Vladimir Tarasenko. He hasn't had a ton of press recently um, in a positive manner, but that's kind of to be understood. You know, it makes sense that they're kind of keeping it hush-hush. Um, I think it really depends on the legitimacy of his trade request and the fact that um i think it was cervelli tweeted out a few weeks ago that, that that request is still you know open and valid but the blues won't trade him i think if the blues aren't trading him because they just need his scoring that would be very disappointing you know and they say oh yeah we'd rather let him walk at the end of this year because we're going to run it back you know run it back one more season and then he you know the blues get bounced in the second round again or don't make the playoffs and then he walks then that's very frustrating but if he comes in and puts up you know 45 goals Blues make it to the Western Conference Finals, or at least just put on a solid playoff performance, and then he walks. It's a tough pill to swallow, but it's not as bad. Or, you know, best case scenario, he loves it here. He wants to come back after this season, signs a big, long extension. Great. But I would lean towards him leaving at the end of the season for free. That doesn't mean that if the Blues aren't, you know, a middling team by the trade deadline, they wouldn't trade him. I mean, we saw that with Paul Stasny. Um, it kind of came out of nowhere. You know, the Blues were just okay at the deadline and they traded one of their better players in Paul Stasny because he was on an expiring deal so that's honestly I think more likely than him leaving if they're mediocre like if the Blues aren't in a contending spot at the trade deadline around the trade deadline I would expect Vladimir Tarasenko to be on the trade block if all the reports are true if he doesn't want to come back if he wants to come back which Doug Armstrong knows what his status is Doug Armstrong knows whether or not Tarasenko is considering coming back next season so it really just depends on that it's going to be, going to be one of the main topics throughout the season for sure and especially as the trade deadline comes up all right last and final question you have said before as have I that the Blues would only need a retool to transition instead of a full-on rebuild are you still in that camp does losing Perron and Huso for free and possibly Tarasenko for free change things for you Look, I think the most important part of any successful hockey team is a core. Um, and do the Blues have a good core right now? Absolutely. Ryan O'Reilly, amazing. Has he lost a bit of a step? Yeah, but he's still amazing. Vladimir Tarasenko, really good player. Maybe he wants to leave, still a really good player. Braden Shen, really good player. You know, not a, not a number one center, but a really good player. Colton Pareko, really good player. You can have your criticisms wherever you want, but he's a good player. Justin Falk, great player. Tori Crew, great player. They have a lot of good players on this roster. Um, and that's only for me to say, you know, I did leave out some guys, and that's the whole point, is for me to say, even if you get to a point where those guys are too old for your team, you have Robert Thomas and Jordan Kyrou. The Blues have called Robert Thomas the next face of the franchise, and Jordan Kyrou, as much as he isn't the favorite in the locker room by Craig Berube. He doesn't get quite as much ice time as, you know, some people would like. He is still a really, really solid player and is incredibly dynamic, incredibly skillful. Jordan Binnington, similar, you know, not too old, has shown flashes. So no, if you lose Tarasenko for free next season, you don't need to go on to a full-on rebuild because you have enough 
players on your team to still be competitive. The Blues could lose Vladimir Tarasenko right now and still make the playoffs in some scenarios. You know, obviously that's not ideal. I wouldn't want them to just trade Tarasenko for prospects and just, you know, trot out that roster because they would definitely be lacking some scoring punch. But I still think that there's enough of a, of a core remaining, even with those guys leaving and the guys that are getting older. I think the the youth of this roster that does exist is very, very promising. You got guys like Bolduck and Neighbors that are definitely going to be making an impact soon. Hopefully Perunovic, you know, steps it up and, and really establishes himself as a potential top four defenseman. There's definitely pieces of this roster that could be, you know, the new core if that would need to be the case. And when you think of a full-on rebuild, I think of you gut the team, like what the Chicago Blackhawks are doing. There isn't I don't think there's a single member of the Chicago Blackhawks right now that will be part of their new core when they're competitive again. I could be wrong. There could be one or two guys in there. You know, I mean, Seth Jones is locked up there forever. So yeah, maybe he'll be part of the new core. But when I think of a full-on rebuild, I think of, okay, this team is going to look completely and utterly different next time we're competitive. The Blues don't need to do that because the let's say, worst case scenario, Tarasenko leaves, O'Reilly hits a steep decline, Colton Pareko hits a steep decline, you know, whatever, you still have the ability to say, okay, we can still contend again with Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo being our best players. We can still contend again with Scott Prunovic, you know, being one of our defensive anchors, et cetera, et cetera. So a retool is definitely something that I'll be leaning towards. I don't think they need to retool. I think they're, I honestly still think they're just like one piece away from taking them to that next level. They were a lot closer to beating the Colorado Avalanche than people think. I think if Jordan Bennington is healthy, that's a heck of a series. I think the Blues weren't the better team by any means, but you don't always have to be the better team to win a series, and you don't always have to be the best team to win a Stanley Cup, you know? So I think they're going to be okay. I think a retool isn't the, the worst thing in the world. You know, we've seen plenty of teams pull it off. Plenty of teams have retooled and you know, instantly turned it around and become a really good team. I think the Florida Panthers are a good example. You know, they kept their some of their core members, Alex Barkov, uh, Huberto, Ekblad, and they, they retooled a little bit, added some more pieces around them, and then became one of the best teams in the NHL. So I don't think the Blues are in a situation where you need to look at hitting the panic button and blowing it up yet. Um, and I don't think they're going to be there anytime soon unless they want to be, you know, unless they want to say, let's trade the farm, let's get rid of everyone and let's have a new core. So I, I think they're going to be okay. Next season, though, is really going to be extremely telling. You know, the team the team could look very different in, you know, two seasons from now compared to this season. You know, I still think Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo are going to be here. Scott Barunovich, probably most of the defense is still going to be here. But other than that, you know, there could be a, a new look blues um, in the best way possible. And that would be the retool that I would imagine. That being said, though, that is all the time I have for you guys today. I want to thank everyone out there so much for listening. So make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to me on. Hit the subscribe button on YouTube and the notification bell. That way, whenever a new video goes live, you'll be the first to know. Follow Locked On Blues on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Locked On Blues. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Thank you all so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.